Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our MLS 2024 season preview series here on the Backfield Show. Earlier this week, we dug into the first 12 teams, alphabetically, in Major League Soccer, running right along with the in-depth team-by-team season previews that we have dropping over on Backfield.com throughout this week. We've published 12 more season previews since Tuesday, six dropped on Wednesday, six more dropped earlier today as I'm recording on Thursday, February 15th. Our last batch will come out tomorrow, and we'll get into that and a little other preview action on next week's episodes of the Backheel Show. For now, though, we're going to be digging into 12 more teams, looking at the big picture headline item for each one as we near the season kicking off on Wednesday of next week. We'll do it all in less than 10 minutes because here on the Backheel Show, that's just what we do. If you're looking for more in-depth stuff, again, go check out Backheel.com. We have great preview coverage over there on the site. But for now, let's get to it and preview Major League Soccer. All right, folks, the first team on today's show is LAFC. And again, as a reminder, we're looking at the big picture headline item for each of these teams. A bitter taste remains for LAFC after losing in multiple finals last season. They lost in the CCL, now CCC final, and they lost in MLS Cup to the Columbus Crew. The real question for LAFC right now is, can their front office navigate all of the offseason turnover that the club has had to deal with? They could reasonably be without five starters from last year. Maxime Cropot in goal is gone. John McCarthy, his backup in goal, is gone. Diego Palacios at left back is gone. Kellen Acosta is gone. Carlos Vela is not re-signed right now. Mario Gonzalez is gone, back on loan to Europe. There's a lot of question marks right now surrounding this team It's not a guarantee that this group will be back right where they were last season. Now, the front office has Carlos Vela still to negotiate with and two open DP slots left to use, but there are fewer guarantees for this LAFC team than it felt like there were at this time last season. Into Miami are next on our list. The expectation for the biggest club in MLS right now is very clear. Win a lot, but there is a real chance that their obvious defensive frailties and roster construction issues Ruin the first full season for Lionel Messi and friends. The club is in a tough spot right now when it comes to being roster compliant, which they need to do in less than a week. They have to offload players. Can they do that while still maintaining some semblance of roster balance and setting up Messi and friends to succeed? Time will tell. Expectations are super high for this Inter-Miami team. Minnesota United, they are starting 2024 without a head coach, and it doesn't seem like new CSO Khalid El Ahmad is going to make that hire anytime soon. I would guess that's going to happen as the European season winds down and that broadens out Minnesota United's coaching pool for that job. They're really banking Minnesota on Emmanuel Reynoso, an elite number 10 who doesn't seem fully bought in, driving them towards the top of the Western Conference. There is a good core around him as well, but make no mistake, Reynoso with Puki and Bongi and Robin Lode. Reynoso is the real star of that bunch. CF Montreal, they have a new manager in town and Laurent Courtois coming over from the Columbus Crew's MLS Next Pro team down in the third division of American soccer. He is going to try to implement a new tactical approach. After a poor 2023 for CF Montreal under Hernan Lozada, he's going to try to get them back to Wilfred Nance ball. The talent in my mind is not there for this team to be a legit trophy threat outside of the Canadian Championship. The real test for Courtois and Montreal is can they reestablish Nancy Ball in 2024. Nashville SC, their consistency has helped set the club apart since they arrived in Major League Soccer, but does consistency need to turn into variety this year? After so many years of mostly playing a mid-block, especially on the road, in a 4-4-2 shape with a little bit of 4-4-2 diamond sprinkled in, 
Hani Mukhtar seems to think that they need more variety this year. He's talked about how they need to be sharper in possession and have a few more ideas. My paraphrase there, but to have more ideas with the ball to be able to be the protagonist when needed with a relatively similar team from last season, a few outgoings, a few incomings, but mostly the same group. How they evolve tactically on the field is going to be a major storyline. The New England Revolution, after a tumultuous 2023 with Bruce Arena and a lot of drama there, the Revs hired Caleb Porter to lead them in 2024. They haven't made a ton of major changes either. They're counting on some players getting healthy, especially looking at Dylan Barrero. They're counting on Thomas Chunkalai being a DP winger that they signed him to be. And maybe a little bit of a breakout from some of the youngsters. Noel Buck is a hot prospect who could be in line for real minutes in midfield. And Azmir Baraktarovic seems to have caught a lot of eyes between his USMNT cameo earlier this year and some comments that Caleb Porter has made about him in preseason. Still, the real question for this team is, does Carlos Hill have enough help in the attack to push them towards the top of the East? Continuing on, NYCFC. The roster is stacked with young, promising attackers. That is the benefit of being a team inside of City Football Group. They will provide you with talent, and this year, they've done NYCFC the service of providing it to them before the season has started, unlike last year, when it was after the year has started, and even into the summer. This roster looks strong, but it's super, super young. This team is likely going to be the youngest team in Major League Soccer this year. Are they too young to compete with the youngest manager in MLS and Nick Cushing? That is a major question mark for this team as the new year begins. Looking at the other side of the Hudson River Derby, the New York Red Bulls. They signed Emil Forsberg in the offseason and didn't do a whole lot else on the field. Sandra Schwartz is in as their new manager. Emil Forsberg needs to be the piece, from the Red Bulls' perspective, that pushes them over the line. He needs to be the piece that helps them solve some of their underperforming issues inside the final third. Whether or not he can do that will define, as the roster stands right now, the Red Bulls' 2024. Orlando City, they've had a chaotic offseason when it comes to Duncan Maguire's will-he-won't-he move to Blackburn over in the championship in England. But despite all of the Maguire chaos, Orlando City looks stronger now than they did to end last year. They're close to announcing Luis Muriel to be their new number nine, giving them cover if Maguire is in town or if he's not. They brought in Nico Lodero to be a like-for-like replacement and improvement on Mauricio Pereira in that attacking midfield spot. There's a lot to like about this Orlando team, but they did overperform a lot of their underlying numbers last year. Did they make enough improvements to weather that drop-off as Maguire, Facundo Torres, and others come back down to earth? We will see if this group can stick in second in the East. The Philadelphia Union. This year's Philadelphia Union team looks almost exactly like last year's Philadelphia Union team. This is a very familiar group for Jim Curtin. They brought back Kai Wagner and Alejandro Bedoya after it looked like neither one of those players was going to be brought back. Ewing Carranza is still in town. It's it's players you know. It's players you've seen on the field for the Union before. When does continuity become complacency for Philly? Well, we're about to find out. For the Portland Timbers, so much went wrong in 2023. Underperforming DPs. Vander didn't quite hit how they needed him to hit, quite frankly. Gio Sabarese was fired. They dealt with injuries. After a couple of savvy moves from within the league, both in free agency and in the trade market, Phil Neville, new manager, now has a solid core, and the front office seems close to adding one DP and are likely going to add a second before too long. Portland are a prime candidate in the West to really make up some ground in the table. Finally, to close out this episode, Real Salt Lake. There are fun pieces in Utah. Diego Luna might be the most entertaining young American player in the entire league. It has been a long time since the U.S. has had a number 10 who plays quite like he does. But has enough really changed from last year's RSL team for them to be a legitimate threat in the Western Conference? This team seems almost always like a safe bet to finish somewhere between third and seventh in the West. 
All right, folks, that is it for this episode of The Backfield Show. Again, we'll have our final batch of quickfire previews coming on the feed next week as the MLS season is now breathing down our necks. If you want a lot more MLS coverage, go check out backheel.com. We've got you covered on the MLS side and other aspects of American soccer as well. For now, we will talk to you again next week. We'll be right back.